Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. He looks to the right side. He's throwing to the end zone. There it is. Touchdown, Eskimos. Duke Williams. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. Hey, you're all beautiful. Even you, Jerry and Millwoods. Maple Leafs lead the Devils 1-0 after the first period. Blue Jackets lead the Capitals 1-0 after the first period. Rangers and Red Wings scoreless late in the first. Coming up later tonight, the Avalanche play the Jets. Colorado is here on Sunday to face your Edmonton Oilers. 6 o'clock face-off show on 6.30. Chad game at 7.30. The Sharks will meet the Blues and the Wild will take on the Ducks. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. It's 6 it's Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 630. Ched, we'll talk a little bit about the Colorado Avalanche as we move along tonight. We will preview this weekend's CFL Division semifinals, and we will meet this week's 630 Ched MVP. She's a great story coming up later tonight. You are welcome to offer feedback at 780-496-0063. You can also text 630-630. The Edmonton Oilers have lost... Three in a row, three on the road. Couldn't get over the hump against Luongo and the Panthers last night. 4-1 was your final. The Oilers are 8-7-1 and through 16 games. That, of course, is one-fifth of the NHL season. I just, for fun, looked at their record after 16 games last year. It was a couple wins behind, 6-9-1, and one, and of course they uh, never really got much better after that. Well, a little bit in December. Two years ago, on the way to a playoff spot, this is interesting, after 16 games, the Oilers were 9-6-1, so two points better than where they are now, and they had also just lost three in a row. They went on to uh, lose a couple more in a row in November of 2016, uh, and then they did much better after that and eventually locked up a playoff spot. So just some uh, random information for you there. I want to talk about the Oilers and hear from you in in the first part of the show. I do want to get to this clip, though, this little snippet of audio from the Saskatchewan Rough Riders media availability today. The head coach of the team is a gentleman you probably remember. His name is Chris Jones. And there's a little there's a little bit of mystery here about what's going to happen for the starting quarterback for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Zach Kalaros is the good quarterback. Uh, the other guys are not so good. Brandon Bridge was taking first team reps today, as uh, Kalaros uh, you know probably isn't totally healthy. We'll get more from Rod Peterson out of Regina in about an hour or so. But Chris Jones, of course, asked who's going to be starting the game against the Bombers on Sunday. He took a lot of reps. I mean, we've got both guys preparing to play. 
is Zach still your starter in your mind right now? You know what? I mean, you guys place way too much emphasis on that. Again, uh, we're going to prepare both guys like they're going to play, and we'll see who plays. How's the health of Zach right now? He's doing well. Do you know who's going to start and you just don't want to tell us? Uh, you know what? We, we're preparing to have a professional football game, and uh, we're trying to make sure that we've got ample people ready to play in case of different situations. Well, I find that funny. <laughs> now, first of all, the guy's a great coach, but is his, and we saw what he was here too. He reveals so little, and I love that he said this. You guys place too much emphasis on that kind of stuff. What he was being asked about was who the starting quarterback was going to be. I just want to remind you all of something. Starting quarterback, one of the most important positions in all of sports. <laughs> But you're placing too much emphasis on it, okay? That's what Chris Jones wants you to know. You're placing too much emphasis on it. Doesn't matter. Now, the way Chris Jones coaches, probably starting quarterback is quite a bit down on his list of priorities. <laughs> uh, we're preparing to... What did, what did he say? i gotta, I got to find this part. Health of Zach right now. He's doing well. Do you know who's going to start? You just don't want to tell us? Uh, you know what? We, we're preparing to have a professional football game. We're preparing to have a professional football game. Oh, I love it. Like, he's the most evasive. Don't reveal anything. Stay even keel. Don't place uh, one player above another. Don't, don't reveal the depth. But, hey, look. The guy wins. I, I think he's the best coach in the CFL. Uh, I, I really do. He did a great job here in Edmonton. He's done a great job in Saskatchewan, to the chagrin of uh, many of you, well, not the members of Ryder Nation who are living. But just remember, don't place too much emphasis on who the starting quarterback is. You understand, Kellen? Affirmative. We're not going to talk about quarterbacks on this show today. If too much emphasis is on it. Backup safeties, yes. Practice roster kickers, yes. Starting O-line? Not the quarterback. Just so long as we're clear. Hey, some guests on Inside Sports get gift certificates to Northern Chicken, bringing down home Southern comfort food to Edmonton, and other tasty treats salivate over the menu at northchickenyeg.com. I suggest you visit them in person when you can, 124th Street and 107th Avenue. Okay, so the Oilers lost last night. I mentioned their record. They are 8-7-1. They have the game coming up against the Colorado Avalanche uh, tomorrow. Now, again, the Avalanche uh, do play tonight. They're just underway in Winnipeg. There's no score, so we'll keep you updated on that one as we uh, move along at the moment at the moment the avalanche uh, have the same number of points as the oilers they have played going into tonight one less game than edmonton colorado is seven five and three there are some similarities between these two clubs uh, they have both played a lot of road games or at least more road than home edmonton has played 10 of 16 away from home Counting tonight's game, Colorado has played 10 of 16 away from home. They are both top-heavy rosters. They are both top-heavy rosters. The Oilers have scored 45 goals 
Dreisaitl and McDavid had combined for 20 of them. That's 44% of Edmonton's goals from two players. Colorado has scored 53 times. Landeskog and McKinnon have combined for 22. That's 42% of the team's total goals coming from two players. It should be a fun head-to-head matchup tomorrow with with the Stars. Obviously, Rantanen uh, has tons of assists. He's leading the NHL in scoring. Will the Oilers... And by the way, the Oilers did not skate today. There's no roster news or anything. I know there's speculation about Pugliarvi and or Yamamoto going to Bakersfield. Nothing to report along those lines. For the third period, you had McDavid out there with Leon Dreisaitl, and they scored 23 seconds into their first shift together with Drake Kajula up on that line. Nugent Hopkins was between Reeder and Raddy, and Strom was with Lucic and Chason. We'll, we'll see if Connor and Leon are back together tomorrow or if Nugent Hopkins is back up there uh, with either Raddy or Kajula. It wouldn't surprise me tomorrow if, if he goes back to the uh, Nugent Hopkins-McDavid pairing. And then, of course, you always have Dreisaitl and, uh, and Leon or Dreisaitl and McDavid in your back pocket. But some similarities uh, between these two teams uh, in terms of a, a few guys doing most of the scoring and and teams that have to rely heavily on their top lines. Colorado hasn't been uh, great lately. They've they've been outscored pretty severely in their last few games. I did I did want to check into something because the the goaltending for Edmonton, now we've only seen Koskinen four times. He's he's 3 and 1. Uh, you know, Talbot obviously uh, rough out of the gate. I thought he was really important when the Oilers, after starting 0-2, went 4-1-1 in their next uh, six games. He got the game off against Nashville, had a good game against the Blackhawks. Um, I, I was wondering if the Oilers uh, were near the bottom of the league in save percentage. Uh, well, actually, they're uh, kind of in the middle of the pack. Uh, 17th in save percentage, Colorado coming in. At, uh, at ninth, and I know we've had a lot of discussion about Oilers goaltending this season. I think Talbot remains uh, the number one. I think he's playing better than he did last year. I, I obviously don't think he's at the level he was two years ago where he was, what, fourth in, in Vesna balloting and was one of the best goalies in the league. Uh, so I think Koskinen might have a chance here. you got to remember this. Neither guy has a contract for next year. So this probably won't be the duo next year, and if one guy really grabs it, he gets re-signed, and, and the other guy probably gets to go to be a free agent. You can text 630-630. This texter says the Oilers are doing okay. It will come down to how they play in their own division. No one looks that great in the Pacific except maybe Vancouver, but they won't keep it up. That's a text to 630-630. And the Oilers have not played, oddly enough, a Pacific Division game. And they won't until next weekend when they play Calgary and Vegas, the next two games against Colorado and Montreal. I can tell you this, last year in the Pacific Division, despite not having a good season, the Oilers still did pretty well, 16-11-2. If they do something similar this year and are better against the rest of the league, which so far they are by a little bit, they'll have a pretty good chance to get into the playoffs. Uh, We'll get to more texts at 630-630. Phone lines are open, 780-496-0063. It's Inside Sports on 630 Chet. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. All right, good to have you along for the ride tonight. Hope your weekend is going to be a good one. My name is Reed Wilkins, Inside Sports on 630 Chad. Curtis Joseph 
former Edmonton Oilers goaltender. Great interview with him on Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer earlier today as he has a new book out called Cujo, The Untold Story of My Life on and off the ice. He's going to be signing tomorrow at the uh, Edmonton International Airport Costco at 10 in the morning, and then he's at the Costco 2616 91st Street. That'll be at 3 p.m. Cujo, The Untold Story of My Life on and off the ice. If you missed that interview or uh, you liked it and you want to catch it again, go to the Oilers Now page on 630Ched.com or sign up for the podcast on iTunes. You can also do the same with good old inside sports. All right, Oilers and Avalanche coming up tomorrow. We'll get to know the Avalanche a little better with Connor McGahee, their play-by-play voice that's coming up in the uh, next half hour of the show. Skyler texting in. He says, hey, Reed, the Oilers will go as far as Connor takes them. If the rest of the team is just average, Connor should outplay the other team's stars most nights. That is from Skyler texting in to 630-630. Well, I suppose the uh, counter to that, Skyler, and I understand your reasoning, I guess the counter to that would be uh, can the rest of the Oilers, I guess specifically let's talk about the forwards, can the rest of the, the, uh, the forwards be average? Will there be somebody or a couple guys who rise up and provide support scoring? Even if it's in bursts, I mean, Chason has had a burst. Kajula has had a burst. Are we going to see it from Lucic or Strom or Raddy? Uh, I mean, I think Nugent Hopkins is, is still obviously providing points. Uh, are we going to see it from, you know, Kara was scratched last night. He uh, hasn't looked as good as he did at times last year. Can he get on the board every now and then? And, and I think that's... One of the big issues for the Oilers, something we were worried about in the summer, who who else would score besides uh, the big three guys? Now, with Raddy, I think he's been robbed three times in the last two games. I think he's getting to the right parts of the ice. He is getting chances, and uh, maybe he's due for a, a greasy one or a bit of a bounce. And he hasn't played as many games. His numbers aren't overwhelming. But, but I do like what I've seen from Raddy in a bit of a support role when he's been out there on the ice. Uh, Travis says Peter Shirelli's biggest mistake at general manager has not been adding enough depth scoring to the team. Fourth year of his tenure as GM, and we're still looking for players to support the Stars. Yes, he did make the team tougher, but there are only three reliable offensive players on the team. That's from Travis. So obviously uh, sharing some of the concerns uh, that I have. And yeah, the Oilers don't have, Rob and I were talking about this last night, they don't have that pure shooter. Uh, maybe he's not that fast. Maybe he's not even you know that tough. Uh, but we, he can get the puck and he can fire it home from, from mid-range. And uh, the Oilers' three best shooters are also their, their three best playmakers. And that's Nugent Hopkins, McDavid, and, uh, and Dreisaitl. So that's something to keep an eye on, on as well. Uh, Brandon text again. Slightly different topic. He says, uh, hey, Reed, sick of seeing the flow of NHL games being ruined by confused referees. Oh, my. Uh, Brandon goes on to say, Nugent Hopkins got a penalty for back-checking. Huberto and Cassian got penalties for body-checking. It's bad for the fans and must be even worse for the players trying to figure out what a penalty is. The Oilers did not lose their last two games because of officiating by any means. They were outplayed. They were the second-best team on the ice. I, I consider... The, the last two games, and I don't want to get too deep into this because refing's a, a hard job, and I don't just want to harp on, on the refing all the time because you can always pick on this or that. 
I do think the last two Oilers games were oddly refereed. That's that's how I would put it. And uh, both ways. I mean, I thought uh, Cassian uh, got away with a charge against Tampa and then gets called, yeah, basically for body checking last night. Uh, who was it that uh, was it Strawman that, that took down McDavid chasing a loose puck in Tampa Bay? And then later in the game, uh, there was a player called for slashing McDavid. That was a, a really ticky tack call. So I, I okay, I guess you could argue those those evened out. But but I understand because I've I think a lot of fans have been reaching out over the last few days saying what what is going on. And then obviously the whole Lucic Joseph thing, which we, we've talked about a lot. So we're not going to get. Uh, Get uh, get into that too deep. Uh, Brian S. is responding to the text by Travis. Uh, he says, Travis makes it sound so easy. Just drop scores from Planet Zoltar where he lives. <laughs> well, it is... Uh, I mean, fair point, Brian. I know you're goofing around a little bit. It's, I mean, hey, scoring is the most valuable thing in hockey. Everybody's trying to do it and trying to stop it. It, you can't just find guys who shoot the puck, but what if the Oilers just even had one guy who, who could really fire the pill? That would make a pretty big difference. Anyway, you can continue texting 63630, the open line 780-496-0063. I want to get this in here before we break, Kellen. We had Darcy Hordachuk on the face-off show last night. Rob Brown and I uh, interviewed Darcy, obviously former Oiler, uh, longtime enforcer in the National Hockey League, former Saskatoon Blade. He was briefly a Florida Panther and shared this memory. I'm still scarred. It, it had nothing, about, <laughs> nothing to do with the fans, the rink, the ice. There was one guy named Mike Keenan. That oh yes! The crap out of me every game. I would. I, I still remember this in New Jersey. I turn up the wall by the hash marks, try to fish the puck cross ice. You know how you see it in TV or in the videos. I try to sauce it. It gets picked off. They go down and basically didn't even score. Just got a shot on net. And he comes in the locker room and he grabs my jersey and he basically says, "Stand up now." So I stand up and he yanks me around and he goes, "What number are you, Hortichuk?" And I'm like. 16 equals exactly you get the fuck dude you stop trying to pretend you're aggressive like okay okay <laughs> oh, i was like oh my god who is this and like he's supposed to love guys like me and he still like abused me and that so, so when i be a coach when i become a coach i'm gonna be a little bit of mike keen and a little bit of pizza bore and hopefully uh <laughs> a little bit of uh berry trots where i can Okay, boys, we lost six in a row. Guess what? No ping pong table today. No <laughs> ping pong in the room. And we're like, perfect. There's. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hordachuk check was an absolute blast to have on. We might play a couple more cuts as we move along. We're back after the 6.30 news inside Sports on Chet. Your home for breaking news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 6.30 Chet. All right, appreciate you tuning in tonight. Second period, Maple Leafs lead the Devils 3-0. Blue Jackets and Capitals are tied 1-1. 
No score Rangers and Red Wings. In the first period, scoreless between the Sharks and the Blues. The Jets are up 1-0 on the Avalanche. Kyle Connor has his seventh of the season, came on the power play. And coming up later tonight, the Wild play the Ducks. Canada West hockey tonight at Claire Drake Arena. The 5-3 Golden Bears hosting 2-5-1 Regina. And the Edmonton Oil Kings will be in action against Kootenai Oil Kings uh, with a road-heavy schedule here for the next couple of weeks. Hey, really appreciate you tuning in tonight. We'll talk a little bit about the Avalanche uh, with their play-by-play voice, Connor McGahey, later on in the half hour. We'll get into some CFL playoff chat, too. You can always text uh, 630-630. Propane Tank writes in, he says, "Uh, Hey, about the Lucic hit, I don't understand why it wasn't more forceful. If I was Milan, I would have put in maximum impact clean, just leave them there in a pile and skate away. Don't bother with the stuff after. Uh, well, he didn't have the puck and he went and hit him. So, uh, I mean, obviously he was going to get a penalty. Scott says, uh, we had a player, someone who wasn't fast, not that tough, and certainly not that bright, who could really wire the puck. His name was Nail Yakupov but still totally useless. A good shot doesn't matter. There must be other elements to the game. Yessi Puliyarvi is the guy. Great shot. He just needs to figure it out. That is from Scott. And uh, Matt, okay, so well, we're getting... Uh, I'm going to have to get everybody in a room here so we can all talk to each other without using me as the go-between. But uh, I'm going to uh, do this anyway. So uh, Brian replied to a text about Travis saying that uh, scoring is not easy to get. Uh, Matt replied to Brian. He says, uh, no, Brian, you don't trade scorers, MVPs even, for second-pairing defensemen or even a top-line score for a third-line center or two high draft picks for a bust of a defenseman. But I guess old Pete couldn't stop that scoring depth from getting on the rocket ship to planet Zoltar. So there is a reply to uh, Matt. Well, we got a text about the uh, Taylor Hall trade. We're going to have to, you know how workplaces will have this many days since an accident? We're going right. to have to have a little sign like this many days since a text about the Taylor Hall trade. I'm going to need a bigger I'm sure, whiteboard. I'm sure 20 years from now we'll still never go more than a week. Sure. Uh, well, Matt, that's a fair question. You know what? I Here's the thing for me, Matt. I'm not going to get uh, too deep into picking apart the past year because I think we want to move ahead with this team. Uh, I think Peter Shirelli's biggest mistake was the Reinhardt trade, and I still think his second biggest mistake, and I hope Puliyarvi works out, but you had Mikhail Sergachev sitting right there, and uh, the Oilers were probably going to take him. Now, I know they had Puliyarvi ranked higher, so when he fell to them, they took him. But, uh, man, they, they could use a, a defenseman with Sergachev skills. And he'd, he'd, he'd be in the lineup right now. Uh, here's, here's the thing that's happened with the support scoring. So they, they traded both Hall and Eberle. Now, you knew one of those guys was going to get traded. So, okay, if, if one was still on the team, you know, you'd have more goals. Though I, I know the, the playoff year... You know, Eberle was getting beat on quite a bit by the fan base. There's no doubt about that. Um, so the th- the, here's, here's the thing that's happened. Lucic has come in, and he scored his first year and a half here and basically has not scored since. He now has two goals in 62 games. So he's basically not scoring. He's scoring like 
worse than a fourth liner. And we talked about him the other night. He does other stuff. He did do other stuff in Tampa. A lot of you appreciate that. Some of you don't care. All right, fine. You'll agree to disagree. That's an interesting debate about that player. And then Shirelli has hoped uh, other players he signed could come in and be consistent depth scorers, and no one's really grabbed that. I think they thought Kajula could score more than he does. Well, and even with the trade, they traded Everly for Strom. I think they, they knew there'd be a point drop-off, but again, I don't think that they thought it would be to the extent that it is. And that is what's really interesting, because a lot of the players who were brought in to play with Connor McDavid have not wound up staying there. Remember, the first game at Rogers Place, the Oilers line was McDavid with Lucic and Eberle. Well, that didn't last. Eventually, the line turned out to be McDavid with Drysdale and Maroon. So you have another high draft pick with a guy who the Oilers, I don't want to say they pulled him off the scrap heap in Anaheim, but they, they, did, they got him for very little. And, and he wound up being able to score there. And then when they traded for Ryan Strom, they, they tried him with McDavid, and, and that never went anywhere. So, yeah, the, the players that they thought were going to provide support scoring, even if it wasn't going to be on the level of a Hall or Everly or whoever, have not been able to do it. And so you've had unlikely candidates step up and succeed, but only in short bursts. So Maroon did it for basically one year, which was a great year for him, 27 goals. It didn't last. Can Raddy do it for even a short burst? That would help the team. That's that's to be announced for sure. So, uh, you know, fair comments, I think, there from everybody. I mean, clearly there are a lot of reasons the team uh, has been in the situation when it is, though I, I'm not doing this in the context of writing off this season by any means because I still think they can have a pretty good year. 780-496-0063. Michael's on the line. Hey, Michael. Hey, Reed. How's it going? Doing well. Hey, I just had a question about Ethan Bear. Yeah, he was hurt until last weekend and then he came back into the lineup. Okay, what about is he... Unless somebody gets hurt, is he going to be, like, coming up? I think he could be a candidate to come up. So he's only played five games. He has one assist and 14 penalty minutes. He's plus three. I think they're going to roll with this 7D for the time being. Uh, they kind of got Gravel and Garrison trading off for that sixth spot. So I, I would think he's definitely uh, a candidate. Um, to, I wouldn't be surprised if he plays at some point this season. I mean, he wound up with 18 games last year. Oh, well, yeah, because uh, back in October, we bought our son a Ethan Bear jersey for his birthday, and then now he's not even, not even playing. I was just thinking, should we? throwing that jersey on Kijiji then or what? Well, <laughs> hey man, I'm not going to tell you what to do with your merchandise, Michael. I, I do I do think he's got a pretty good chance to to be an oiler uh, down the road. He's getting the experience in Bakersfield. And, and I know when they had some injuries on D a couple of weeks ago, a lot of people were like, why isn't he up? Why is it? Well, he was hurt, right? So the, yeah, that, that wasn't an option. Uh, one more, uh, or a couple of things, but uh, what about, uh, we went to a preseason game. I had called and asked about it before, but the, the theme music when the Oilers score a goal at home. Uh, the preseason game, they were still using the old music. From like, oh, there's oh, there is a new one, uh, Michael. I'm sorry, I can't remember what it's called. Somebody will tell me on the text line. I, 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 you know, I don't pay a lot of attention to stuff like that. And as soon as they score, I start making notes anyway. I'm really sorry. If somebody knows the goal song this year, uh, text it into six thirty six thirty. I'm really sorry, Michael. Okay, uh, one more thing. Uh, the the All Star game. Yes. Uh, you know, uh, 
just a suggestion. You're kind of you're kind of in with the the in people there. A, a suggestion for another skills competition thing. To okay. Skills competition. Anyways, uh, you know how when after they ice the puck during a game, one of the players will flip the puck to a linesman as he skates down to the other end for the faceoff. Right. Anyways, I'm thinking. Well, maybe they could come up with some kind of a some kind of a partnership between a player and a linesman. See who can flip flip the puck furthest down the ice and catch it. Uh, like a, oh, okay, like a long-distance pass or something. Yeah, like a quarterback drill. All right. Michael, you're thinking of outside the box, buddy. Appreciate <laughs> it. Thanks for calling. I like your show. Uh, thanks, Michael. That's Michael at 780-496-0063. All right, we're going to take a quick timeout. We'll get more information on the Colorado Avalanche. Some high scorers will be going head-to-head Sunday at Rogers Place. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, right. 630 Chat. All right, quickly before we get to Connor McGahee from the uh, Avalanche play-by-play chair, Chris texting in, he says, Hey, Reed, I'm curious as to your thoughts on whether you feel the constant changing in line combos might be having an adverse effect on chemistry. Chris, I don't know if you were listening uh, the last week or the week before. I can't remember what it was. I honestly think we sometimes spend too much time and place too much emphasis on talking about line combinations. Now, they are important, but there's a lot more that the coaches do than than just determine the line combinations. And when a team is not scoring or losing, they change the lines. And you always ask me about Oilers lines because you're all watching the Oilers every game and you really care. Every coach uses changing the lines as a tactic or sometimes it's a necessity because of injuries. Uh, I mean, I, I would say this to all of you, track another team for 10 to 20 games, their line combos, or watch their games and see how often a coach uh, changes their lines. Uh, and I mean, here's the thing. If McClellan changes the lines and they lose, people say he's messing with the chemistry. If he doesn't change the lines and they lose, then we hear from the people who say, well, why didn't he try new lines, right? So, it, it, I mean, you, you can only win if you win. And I know there was a game last year, uh, I think the Oilers lost a home game to Nashville, and uh, Peter, we ran Peter Laviolette's post-game scrum, and one of the Nashville reporters said, how come you, you swapped up the lines like halfway through the first period? And Laviolette said, didn't like the energy, didn't like what I saw. So I wanted to, to, to mix things up a little bit. I think that was the game Soros made 46 saves and they, and they got the shutout. But, but no one noticed that because you're not watching the Predators with the same eye that you're watching the Oilers. So just keep that in mind when, uh, when, you, when you have commentary, uh, on the, which, which I'm happy to take that commentary. I, I just you know sometimes feel let's not, uh, let's not blow it up into something that it isn't. Okay, this guy is currently working because the Avalanche are playing the Jets. So I was able to uh, tape this with him this afternoon. Connor McGahee is the play-by-play voice for the Colorado Avalanche. Connor, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Good, Reed. How are you, my friend? Oh, I'm doing great. You're coming to Edmonton, of course, first the game in Winnipeg tonight. So we'll see uh, which column the Avalanche add a 1-2. They are 7-5-3 and three so far to start this season. Uh, but you can't take points away. So this is going to be a showdown between uh, the, the three of the top scorers in the NHL, uh, Rantanen, McKinnon, and obviously McDavid on the Oilers' end, and, and Landeskog is is right up there as well. Give me a sense of—I mean, we know they're they're great players, but but clearly it seems like they they've really hit another level this season. What's clicking for those guys? How come they've been so consistently productive? 
Well, I read everything's clicking, to be honest. I mean, uh, they're, you know, it's like the cone headline from the, uh, from the old 1980 U.S. team, pass, shoot, score for those guys. And uh, they take care of about 60% of scoring for this team. So if they're not going, then the Avs really aren't going either. Uh, the other night in Calgary comes to mind. Uh, I think as a group they were minus three, which is which is uh, sort of out of out of uh, nature for those three. But uh, you know they're out there in a ton of situations. I mean Nathan McKinnon is the only forward in the NHL to lead his team in ice time, and um, Ranton and Landis Cog are not far behind him. I mean they're pushing twenty four, almost twenty five minutes a game uh, as a forward unit. So, uh, but to be honest, they, there's there's no pulling them apart. Everything works for them. Uh, we all know their roles, whether it's even strength or on the power play, and and uh, they they seem to click, and they know that they have uh, two tough tasks ahead of them. They had a tough one, obviously, on Wednesday versus the Nashville Predators, and then uh, uh, Winnipeg coming back home for the first time what seems like six months uh, will not be easy, and then uh, obviously we got to go there after the game tonight. So um, it's uh, it, they need to go, and and their chemistry needs to be there if they have any chance. Uh, put any points on the board you know talking about a, a top heavy roster is uh, or top heavy scoring i guess is is nothing out of the ordinary on this show because the oilers have mcdavid they have dry <laughs> and nugent hopkins and then they figured in on a lot of the oilers goals this season when you've had kajula score a little bit when you've had chase on score a little bit uh or maybe a defenseman chip in uh, the oilers have won when it's a, a lot of mcdavid dry nugent hopkins it's a little harder to win give, give me a sense of the avalanche depth and uh, if there is a secondary guy that the Oilers might have to worry about who could that be uh, there's a couple names that come to mind uh, uh, Alexander Kerfoot uh, who put up uh, you know almost 50 points last year uh, he's got two goals and eight assists so far this year uh, and then I would say Carl Soderberg as well who was off the best start uh, of his career uh, Soderberg is out there in all situations as well he's got five goals and three assists but like we said, when you have guys that are getting 24 points like Miko Ranton and 22 points like Nathan McKinnon, there's, there's a big drop-off. Uh, and then, obviously, blue line scoring has been uh, sort of a question mark as well. Uh, the Avs were uh, almost the last team in the NHL to get a goal uh, for one of their defensemen. Sam Gerrard got them off that night. But, uh, but yes, they, they need more contribution uh, from the blue line. And, and, and forwards like uh, Alexander Kerfoot, uh, Vladislav Kamenev has come on late. Sheldon Dry scored his first career goal in the same game as Kamenev at Calgary last week. So guys you may not have heard of but uh, are having to play more minutes and having to play bigger because of some injuries. The guys like JT Comfort, who, uh, who has been a force, he came out flying early on and he, he's out uh, with concussion problems. So um, it, it has been, if not an issue, the issue for this team. And like you said, it's a, it's a concept that you guys might be a little bit familiar uh, there in Edmonton. Yeah, it sounds, uh, it, it sounds like conversations I've had, maybe just subbing in different names. <laughs> but uh, yeah, scoring from the blue line and, and uh, lines two through four, who's, who's going to click? Connor McGahey yep. joining us from the Avalanche broadcast booth tonight on Inside Sports. All right, so th- they got the big line. Uh, the Oilers have a, a big line. Now, Dreisaitl went up there with McDavid for the third period yesterday. We'll see. It's either going to be mm-hmm. McDavid with Nugent Hopkins or with McDavid and Dreisaitl. That's the obvious top line. And I know the Oilers have the last change on Sunday, um, but are the Avalanche, do you think, going to be comfortable going top line against McDavid's line? Might they try to get away from that matchup uh, if they can? How have they been handling that time, type of stuff? 
Well, and obviously it depends on if they're on Pepsi Center ice or away. Uh, Coach Bednar likes to take advantage, uh, especially on icings, of, of putting Landis Scott, Ranton, and, and McKinnon out there together. But uh, he's not overly concerned with matchups. Uh, it, it sort of it has been what it has been. And uh, on the road, especially where the abs have actually been pretty darn effective because they spent a lot of time on the road. This is road game number 10 already this year for the abs. And they've gone 4-3-2 and three, and two on the road. And they have the third highest uh, goal output, almost averaging four goals a game uh, away from home ice this year. So they're not really that concerned about matchups, but there are matchups, and then there's matchups with a player like Leon Dreisaitl or Connor McDavid or even Ryan Nugent Hopkins. I mean, that's that's the next year up. And uh, I, I, they're going to, whoever's out there, whether it's the Kerfoot line with Wilson and Sheldon Dries, whether it's uh, a very defensive-minded line like Carl Soderberg or Matt Calvert, they're going to have to be up to the task. And it's it just going to be situational, and uh, and the guys know that they know exactly what they're up against, and uh, and they have to to, to work uh, work their backside off to make it happen against a, a, a trio of world class players. You know, uh, oddly enough, another similarity between these two teams: both road heavy schedules to start the season. Man, uh, a yeah. lot lot uh, lot similar between these two teams. Hey, I got to ask you about uh, an Edmonton area kid, St. Albert's Tyson Jost. Obviously, uh, I remember uh, interviewing him when he was still playing junior A, and uh, you know he's a hot prospect. How's he looking so far? You know, uh, he's he's been a little, little underwhelming to be honest, uh, and he's battled some injuries. He'll be back into the lineup tonight. Uh, uh, for the first time uh, in uh, in over two weeks, almost uh, had some concussion issues as well. But he's back in the lineup tonight. He's actually going to be uh, a winger on the fourth line. Remember, he started the season as the second line center for this team. But he's actually going to be left winger uh, for Vladislav Kamenev, who will center that uh, that fourth line and former Winnipeg Jet Marco Dano. So Ghost uh, back in the lineup tonight. He uh, he was on the first unit power play to start the season. Uh, he'll be on the second power play unit tonight, uh, and uh, we'll see about uh, Sunday there in Edmonton. But, uh, but uh, the front office loves Tyson Jost, and they want him to do well. Obviously, a first-round pick for this team, uh, but so far it hasn't been exactly what uh, what he's been looking for with only a couple of points. So this may be his chance, uh, fully rested, fully healthy, to get in there and do some damage. But um, I think they expect more out of Tyson Jost, and to be frank, Tyson expects more out of him. But uh, he's really excited. He's going to uh, spend the off day with uh, with family uh, tomorrow. There will be no practice, so uh, he'll be able to go see uh, his folks and uh, and uh, grandparents as well. So he's going to enjoy his time uh, there in and around Edmonton and St. Albert. All right. Well, Connor, thanks for the update. Have a great call tonight against the Jets. Look forward to seeing you at Rogers' place on Sunday, man. Thanks, Reed. Uh, can't wait. We'll see you up there. That is Connor McGahee, play-by-play voice for the Colorado Avalanche. We'll update their score in Winnipeg when we get back. We'll talk a little CFL playoffs, division semifinals coming up on Sunday. And you'll meet this week's 630 Chad MVP, 60-year-old swimmer Lauren Anderson. All ahead. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.